Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Yay! We are recording a little bit early this week because there is a family function event happening that means we can't record at our normal time. So you're not hearing the latest episode that was released on Friday. You're hearing a repeat because we had some business to take care of. And instead of taking a week off, we're giving you an epic older dateline with Keith Morrison. You're welcome. Yes. So this episode is called Buried Secrets. And it is from June 22nd, 2012. It is 10 years old, this episode. I think this is one of the first episodes of Dateline I ever saw. I think I've seen this episode many times a long time ago. And I've kind of always wanted to cover it because I'm obsessed with the detective in it. This is season 20, episode 58. And it's hosted by our lean king, Keith Morrison. So Keith starts this episode by saying, it's a strange thing that happens among the bogs and marshes, the soft soil here in coastal Florida. Things have a way of coming up, things buried in the ground or in the past or both. It was very good. We're in Florida. We're going to have a lot of swamp imagery. Get ready. Oh, boy. 2003, Donna Velasquez, who is perhaps one of my favorite detectives ever, and also your mom's friend who insists you eat a casserole when you come to her house. Is that fair? Makes her a pitcher of crystal light. Definitely has a lot of Kohl's cash. The most Kohl's cash. And she'll share it with you. And She'll share. Always has a return to make at TJ Maxx. Mm -hmm. There's four return Mm -hmm. bags in the back of her car, and it's like, oh, dang it. I forgot to make that return. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang it, Donna, I'd forget my own head if it wasn't attached. I don't, she's not really that Southern Definitely no accent. at all, no. but in my head, she's Southern. She could have had so. an accent and it wouldn't have surprised any of us. Yeah. But yeah. also, love her. very put together. I like mm-hmm. her very much. I think she has a nail schedule and she sticks to it. <laughs> like a salon? You mean she goes to a place like I for mean, manis? every two weeks, Thursday at four. She is yeah. at the nail palace getting the French I mean, tip her redone. B-roll, incredible nails in her B roll. Yeah. The you're squared right. off thick French tip. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I very much like mm-hmm. it. So she can join our detective squad. I don't remember if we have one or if we have a private detective squad. Can she be our detective correspondent? Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. So her sergeant drops a box of papers on her desk and says, See what you can do with this. And I picture he had a cigar hanging out of his mouth. See what you can do with this, kid. And Sweetie. Sweetheart. <laughs> she's like, Dave, I told you I'm a grown woman. Do not tell me I'm a detective. I'm not. I'm uh, again, nobody's she's sweetheart. Not Southern. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely not she's, Southern. Let's be <laughs> No. But I mean, so, Florida is kind of Southern. Is that scandalous to say? I, is that super controversial? I don't think she's from. Controversial. Con- ooh, Controversial. I don't think that she, you just want me to say it. I don't think she grew up in Florida. I don't think so either. I think she's might be Michigan, Colorado. No, see, I picture she's somewhere kind of Southern. I'm also picturing she might have grown up in Fresno. Oh. <laughs> she looks like she could be from it's, my town. Yeah, but in a good way. It's, yeah, in a totally good way. There's plenty of good people there. Yeah. So she was only a rookie at the time. She had only been... Th- for three months in this cold case unit. So she kind of thought she was being tested Mm -hmm. by her boss. And in this 
case file is the disappearance of David Jackson from years before, maybe 15 years before. He was 27 years old. Donna goes to find David's mom, Judy, who's also adorable. And she is so excited that someone is reopening the case. And she tells Donna all about David, how he would walk into a room and be a magnet to people, which is very close to being contagious because a magnet, you're kind of... It's the same. Drawing people into you and with a contagious, you are still affect. Either way, you're affecting other people's smiles. And either way, it's a bingo. Laughter. Yeah, I think so. His friend Bill Brown worked with him. And I'm really only mentioning Bill because his B-roll is riding a motorcycle. And he worked with David at Burger King. This is right after high school. David was the manager. And Bill sees that David becomes very attracted to their co-worker, Barbara Britton, who was only 16. Scandalous. And they fell in love very quickly, David and Barbara. Barbara willingly talks to Detective Donna when Donna takes over the case, and she sits down and talks to Keith Morrison. And she tells Keith that David was good looking, a good guy, and she's very emotional. She's like smiling, but then in the same sentence, she starts crying. Her emotions are still very raw about David. She's one of those people whose emotions sit right under the surface. Yeah. I don't cry the opposite of me but like normally if i see the dogs meeting the people who are coming home after they've been in service i don't always cry at the first one but like by the next couple ones usually it's getting Mm -hmm. a little rough she's gonna cry in the first before the person even walks in to see the dog right she's crying as they get out of the the video to her yeah yeah she's she's you're just like i'm gonna show you a video barbara and she's already crying yeah Yeah. And I honestly admire that because my emotions are constantly quite buried. So I think it's very healthy. I feel like there's levels. There's levels. Yeah. (laughs) There might be a bit. Yeah. Barbara became pregnant very young with David's child. And David's mom, Judy, was okay with it. But Barbara's dad is an ex-Marine. He is highly unimpressed with David and his David Cassidy shag haircut. This was in the 80s. He is unimpressed with David. But regardless, they get married, they have a son, John, and their relationship was tumultuous. They fought, made up, fought again. And as Keith Morrison says, babies having babies is no easy thing. (laughs) It's not. So true. Keith says to Barbara, who was the first person to say, you've got to get a divorce? And I thought he was saying, like, was it you or David who brought up the divorce and she says my dad (laughs) it's like oh okay he was quite involved in your relationship so the dad kind of insists on the divorce david agrees with it they get divorced in 1985 david gets weekend visits with the son then barbara marries again to a man her dad approves of because they are the same age michael wolf is her second husband Michael and Barbara's dad get along great because, again, they both remember the war or whatever. So I don't know they were. (laughs) I don't know if they were friends before. I find that creepy when that happens. Is it a friend of his from the VA? I'm not. I didn't want to say that, but it's 100 percent possible. You could say Keith said it. He didn't say the VA part. But when you look at the pictures, you're like, oh, oh, uh, that's your wartime friend okay you have pictures of you my daughter when you were 
going to prom in your old-timey cars. I mean, it's, yeah. are they old friends? No, I believe they became friends and got along after Barbara and him got together, but it really felt like it could have gone the other way. At the gun club? Where did they <laughs> yeah, meet? Yeah, it totally could be a gun club, 100%. could be a gun slash wartime veterans club. So, so is that like the Michael- Lions? Is that what they do at the Lions? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't- All right. <laughs> Michael takes Barbara and John, the son, to Arizona. David can go and visit John, the son. David and Barbara stay good friends. She still says she always loved him. She doesn't say if she was in love with him, but she loved him. I would guess she had love for him. Maybe she was still in love with him. It's unclear. I would like to talk about the physical differences between Michael Wolfe and David Jackson. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what happened? What's going on? Age is not everything. Sex is not everything. Kimberly. Maybe White- Michael Wolf can get down, even though he's... Kimberly. Ha- can't literally get down on the floor because of his hip. He's maybe late 50s when they get married, and she's 23? How old is she? Mm-hmm. 23? 22? Something, something like that, yeah. Kimberly. It's a lot. So it's a 1988... David is supposed to pick up his brother Mark at the airport. Yeah. Why why did you make that face? I thought it was like, it's 1988. That's what people did. And I was like, they did not. Oh, <laughs> no. You didn't marry your friend's dad from the VA. <laughs> your dad's the- friend, yeah. no. So it's 1988. And David is supposed to pick up his brother Mark at the airport. And David doesn't show. Much like what happened to Ben on the last season of 90 Day Fiance. Except then it was hilarious because Ben was horrible. But in this case... Something is wrong. Mark knows David wouldn't just not pick him up. So he thought something bad happened. And Keith says, oh, yes, something very bad. And as the rookie detective Donna poked around deep in the past, something was reaching up through the mud to tell her its long neglected story. What's coming up from the mud, Keith? I don't know. So... When David goes missing, Barbara is sure he's going to call in a couple days. He's not really missing, but he never calls. The family files a police report. His brother Mark would search, and these are the most extreme search parties I've ever seen because it's Florida and there are swamps. So he is literally searching with the gators through the swamps. There were pipes that you could crawl through. They're big and huge pipes. He's crawling through pipes under bridges With and gators stuff, on leashes. Looking. It's gator yeah. sniffers. They're trained gators. That's what happens in Florida. <laughs> so he is aggressively searching. Then police find David's car three months later at the airport. But his friend Bill, the one from Burger King, knew that David didn't just fly off somewhere because David had been really excited that his son John was coming to stay with him a month so he was prepping and he was so excited months pass years pass the case goes cold even though mom judy is nagging everyone she's pulling a joni she is nagging the police she is nagging oprah winfrey (laughs) she's writing letters to oprah she is writing to america's most wanted she's contacting semi-truck companies can we put my son's photo on the side of the truck she is such a dedicated mm. mom. She tries to stay hopeful. Her her therapist tells her, just take 20 minutes out of every day and go cry and scream and then go about with your day. I thought that was great advice. 
I'm going to take that time right now. Excuse me. We'll be right back. So now, years later, she's just so excited that Donna is looking at the case. She feels like there's hope. Donna doesn't really think that David is still alive, though. She thinks that he's dead and that his body isn't found because someone intentionally hid it. She thinks if a body doesn't show up, it's because people did not want it to show up. But she also thinks we're in Florida and we have crazy weather here. And if he was buried somewhere... He's going to pop up because Florida. Because Florida. Wild. And that's a fun game of whack-a-mole. You're Ooh, just like just with your friends. Just bodies popping up. Just bodies mm. just popping up. Oh, another day in Florida. Mm. So she thought maybe he's already popped up. And this is her expression, she, yeah, by the way, not, not mine. The popping up. It's good. So she said maybe he's already popped up in the past 15 years and we just didn't know it was him. So she looks into identify unidentified remains and she does it through Google. She literally just goes on Google searching unidentified remains, which is horrific. I don't want to know what comes up if you do that. She's looking through Google all night, 11 o'clock at night. She says, I'm sure my husband is thinking, where the heck is that old girl? I think old that girl is so, is so cute. It's so cute. It's not even offensive no, to me. It's, it's just adorable. It's adorable. But because old lady. Where is that old girl? Because old lady she's, is the phrase. And so old girl somehow makes it real cute. I yeah. Like that. She's, is she Googling who human remains again? <laughs> Donna, that crazy old girl. Donna. So cute. So she checks a million sites that can that describe unidentified remains. So many. How are there so many bodies that are unidentified? Also, why are they on Google? Exactly. Okay. Why is there no national database that you could just enter in and search through? She has so to Google she's, it. She's literally Googling and going through each result. She's on page nine of Google results. And she finds this site that was created by a Florida medical examiner. And she gets 100 matches in there that could be David, but she somehow works it down to nine. This is, again, how many unidentified? It's terrifying. So she narrows it down to three. And one of them says it's a white man over six feet. There are only a few bones. It's a partial skeleton that was found. And they found it when they were digging up a parking lot. They were trying to create a parking lot for a Walmart. We have Walmart. Ah. So the construction workers find it. And this was not far from where David lived. It was a year after he went missing and they had been sitting in a warehouse or whatever for 15 years. Mm. So Detective Donna goes to see a forensic anthropologist and the doctor measures the bones and says, no, I'm sorry. I think he'd only be 5'9". But this is Donna. Okay. And if you guys know anything about Donna by now. You know that when she is one day past the 30 day return period, she's speaking with the manager in not a Karen way. Not in, in a, a Donna way, no. way, which is, mm-hmm. can I just talk to Debbie real quick? Can you just bring mm-hmm. Debbie up here? Hey, Debbie, I was out solving this murder yesterday. I could not <laughs> come in. And Debbie is giving her that return back. 100%. She's getting a full refund because the, she's Donna. Debbie is saying, 
You know what, Donna? It's supposed to be 30 days, but there are 31 days in some months. So while we're just going to pretend it's one of those months because you were out solving a murder. God bless yeah. you, Donna. And so here you go. And you know what? I'm going to give you a free set of ear pods and one of those weird candy bars that you've never heard of the brand that they have in the aisle when you're waiting to get checked out. Those are sometimes really good. Sometimes delicious. Maybe not ear pods. Maybe an ear pod case. There we go. Ear pods. I don't even own ear pods. Not like Apple ones. I'm talking like the super generic ones. They make generic ones? Yeah. Are they? Do they work? No. Oh. They work for a couple of weeks. So Interesting. And that's not long enough. Well, so depends. <laughs> just <laughs> long enough for me to have some AirPods. So Do- Donna says to Judith, who is the forensic anthropologist. I don't really know if that's her name. Oh, I was like, who's I'm- Judith? No. 5'9", uh, <laughs> are you sure it's 5'9"? Because my guy is not 5'9", and it would be a real shame, Judith, if this mom can't get answers about her son. Not Southern. If we're just off by a couple inches. Again, not Southern. Just, But you're doing a just, lovely impersonation of the tone of her voice. That's the tone of her mm-hmm. voice. And Donna's like, could you just check one more time? I have some extra Kohl's cash in my purse and make it worth your while. Oh, and I got these ear pods <laughs> from TJ Maxx. So she gives whatever, she gives Judith the Kohl's cash. Judith goes back and checks. Judith comes back and says, honey, I was wrong. And this is Donna saying honey. So apparently the forensic anthropologist called her honey. And said, honey, I was wrong the first time. This person is anywhere from 5'9 to 6'1. So good for Donna for not taking no for an answer and double checking and checking the work of Judith, the forensic anthropologist. But also, why did this forensic anthropologist do such a shoddy job in the first place? This is a man's life at stake. It's already Not really. Done. He's yeah. already passed. But still, I but see it's your his point. family's but the life. The family isn't and... very invested, of course, because he seemed lovely. Yeah. I honestly am going to give Judith the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. I feel some sort of kinship with Judith. I think mm-hmm. you don't know what was going on with her. She made, she right. ran it, made a mistake, didn't check mm-hmm. her work. Mm-hmm. And then at least she was able to admit she made a mistake and didn't cover it up. Didn't come back out and say, no, no, it's 5'9". No, she admitted, hey, you know, I was wrong. So Judith is a little bit of a, I don't want to say hero, but she did um, the right thing. I feel like Dateline has really lowered our expectations for these sort of people in these positions no. that we are giving her credit for admitting she made a mistake. Kimberly. When identifying life has lowered my expectations <laughs> of people being willing to admit when they made a mistake. Just no, you're right. But also, if your job is very important, like this is, check your work. Yeah, but these are dusty old bones. They've been around <laughs> for a while. We don't know what was going on with Judith. I, Judith, you messed up. Yeah, you did. I don't know what to say. Next Judith. time, you maybe she'll did. be more careful. Yeah. For results you can trust, though, unlike Judith. Try Everly well, because they, unlike this forensic anthropologist, they check their work. Yes. We love Everly well, much like Detective Donna. It's important to not give up when you're looking for answers about a cold case or about what's going on in your body. Everly well has over 30 at-home lab tests like women and men's health, 
thyroid, testosterone, cholesterol, heart health. They also have a bunch of new ones. Like I've taken the food sensitivity test. I got amazing results that I still apply and incorporate into my life to this day. But now they also have a new food allergy test. So that will be next for me. They also have a new celiac screening test. So many new Mm. tests. Test, test. I'm so excited. (laughs) They ship everything to you in a little box. You take your spit or your blood or whatever your sample is, send it back in the included with the included prepaid shipping label. It's perfect for lazy slash very busy people like myself because they really just make it so easy. And then within days, you get results back from a certified lab that is much better than Judith. Sorry, Judith. And it's been reviewed by a physician. The results are really easy to read. You don't have to be a forensic anthropologist to understand them. It's very clear what your levels are, what if there's steps you need to take. It is incredibly easy. You can also share the results with your doctors. I took a screenshot of my results and I emailed them to my doctor. And you can even order vitamins and supplements directly from Everly Well. Amazing. One-stop shop. For listeners of our show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash date dateline. That's everlywell.com slash date dateline for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash date dateline. Everyone deserves to be Everly Well. Every day. Everly day. Everly day. Thank you, Everly Everly Well. The time. Thank you, Everly Well. Katie. Kimberly. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about a new sponsor. Please. It's called Kitsch. Ooh. Do you want beautiful hair with minimal effort, Kimberly? Duh. Yeah. Kitsch feels the same way. They upgraded familiar hair products into game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts swear by. Mm. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows that hair care doesn't stop in the shower. And it's about time. There's a lot that goes on with your hair after you're out of the shower. I would say 90% of what goes on with your hair is after the shower. That's very fair, yeah. Whatever Mm -hmm. your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices morning, noon, and night. They started in 2010 by selling hair ties door to door. Literally just Mm. a hustle and a dream. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. I became aware of Kitsch on my trip to Los Angeles. I went to this, it's sort of a theatrical beauty supply store, and they had a whole stall set up, and their products oh. were so cute, well-packaged. You could also tell that they were just quality. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like a scrunchie mm-hmm. that's a really good scrunchie, and I love mm-hmm. that. Kitsch's bestsellers include the satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. And satin is, by the way, vegan and cruelty-free, not like the silk, which was made from silkworms. And these are so great for your hair and your skin while you sleep. My hair is obviously highly damaged because I bleach the snot out of it. And I have been reading about satin pillowcases for years. And the one I got from Kitsch is so incredibly soft. It feels like you're sleeping on a good dream. I'm not exaggerating. It's amazing. So no more hair breakage for me. I also got this really cute little satin sleep cap for days that my pillowcase is in the wash. And it's so cute because I feel like a 1940s movie star 
Yes. Or like Liza Minnelli, I am Liza. I love it <laughs> so much. It's amazing. They also have heatless satin curling rollers. So no more heat damage there. There are TikTok videos of people throwing away their $600 curlers for these hair oh rollers. It's incredible. They also have quick dry hair towels. They work like a charm. You seriously don't Ooh. even know how fast it helps I your hair those. dry. You're going to love it. And also don't forget to check out their classic hair ties and scrunchies because I'm telling you, they put the Q in quality. It's amazing. They put the K in quality. Get it? Kitsch? They put the K in cute and quality. There we go. For listeners of A Date with Dateline, Kitsch is offering 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash date. That's right. 30% off anything and everything. This is an incredible deal at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash date. That's mykitch.com forward slash date for 30% off your entire order. They have Stranger Things. They have a Stranger Things collection. I'm telling you, it's the best. So be sure to go to mykitch.com forward slash date for the whole kitsch and caboodle. <laughs> Thank you so much, kitsch. So our beloved Donna is like, Judith, I'm so glad I asked you a second time. That's amazing. This could be David, the man I've been looking for. So she gets DNA from David's mom and she sends in samples from the bones and she waits for the testing place to get back to her. She gets a call 10 days later and the lady said, again, the lady, um, they all sound like Donna to me because I think everyone she interacts with kind of takes on her persona because, or it's just the way Donna tells the story. She says the person at the testing center said, well, I sure hope you're sitting down. You've got a hundred percent match. And I was so happy. I said, go Aunt Donna, because I feel like she's my aunt or just a family friend. I'm going to go ahead and retract my earlier statement that Donna should be our correspondent because I think Donna might take my job. <laughs> I'm worried about it. She's extremely likable and she's probably on time. She's very punctual. And she's very organized. She's a detective. Donna, I like you from afar very much. <laughs> Please don't call in. Come on, old girl. No I, one's taking your job, Katie. Stop it. It doesn't Sweet sound right coming from you. It sounds like an Can't insult. Can't say anything. Just sound genuine. So David's brother, Mark, can't believe these bones were found only a year after David disappeared and have just been forgotten about for 15 years until Hero Donna and mistakes were made <laughs> judith now they know that it's david oh and then we do get a little bit of a newspaper clip from that time mm -hmm. and it says the construction worker who found the bones at the walmart construction site was named frankie toledo frankie <laughs> so, toledo frankie toledo living in florida and his cousin philip so he says my cousin philip and i found these i thought they were animal bones and i again i don't know if he's from brooklyn but he's 100 like, the bronx from, from jersey brooklyn the Bro bronx yeah we just and, uh, came down from the shore last week yeah frankie toledo and his cousin philip Philip is Phillip. like from a different side of the no, family. Philip is like. Phil. Oh, yeah, maybe. Philly Phil. Yeah. Because he yeah. now lives in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> so Frankie is really the hero here. Frankie and Phil. Good job, boys. Good job, John. So Barbara, who is David's ex-wife, she's devastated to learn that he is dead because she kind of held out hope this whole time that he was coming back. And she's felt like... 
he was her first love, so she always had some of that. Maybe we could have eventually gotten back together. Would it have worked out? This is what she's telling Keith anyways. I don't know how many people feel like this in life. She was trying to make it sound like everybody always sort of pines for their first love. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's true, but I think it is. There's certainly enough of it that it has become a taboo. I think it's maybe 30% of people. Your high school boyfriend that got away or oh, something. Oh, okay. By this time, we are now present tense when they've discovered that it was David. Barbara has moved back to Florida. She's remarried again. She had a daughter. So now what she has a daughter and son. There? This is her third marriage. She is not married to Michael Wolf, who was her dad's friend, maybe. Why? And I don't know. And she took a job at Walmart. And if you're wondering if it's the same Walmart that is attached to the parking lot where the bones were found 15 years earlier, you are correct. That's insane. Yes. I have a few questions really quick. Yeah. Yeah. It revolves around the Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Who was living in Florida at what time? Well, when David David goes missing. And David was living in Florida. Barbara, Michael, and their child. Yes, they were all living in Florida when they met. Everyone was living in Florida. Then Barbara, Michael, and John moved to Arizona. The child moved to Arizona. But Barbara's family is still in Florida. Still lived in Florida. Yes. That's where we are. And David disappears. A year later, his bones are found. But they get put in storage in Florida. Now, 15 years later... Those Barbara bones moves back to that Florida. Were, Barbara moves back to Florida, works at a Walmart, and it happens to be the Walmart, the where Walmart the where his bones were found 15 years earlier. Working at the Walmart on top of the burial ground. Correct. So the <laughs> yes. haunted Walmart. It's a poltergeist situation. The haunted Walmart on yeah. Highway 43. You've been yeah. down to the haunted Walmart. <laughs> Things just move around. Boy. So I they. So Keith says, what an odd, you know, I love when he says odd and he says odd twice in this episode. What an odd coincidence. Too odd, perhaps? Yes. Yes, It's very odd. So especially if I were to ask how many Walmarts are in Florida, I have to imagine there's quite a few. It's a fairly big state. So Donna goes back to talk to Barbara. She says she cared about David a lot. But she felt like he was had become abusive towards their son, Johnny. And what? Keith's, yeah, she's saying this now. She never told Donna this before the bones were found. She's, and, she's telling Detective Velasquez this now. Yes, yes. Okay. And Keith says in voiceover, wait a minute, this was a whole new wrinkle. And it was a wrinkle because according to everyone, David was an unbelievable dad to Johnny and not abusive. So why did she say that? Barbara's just saying a lot of things right now. Okay. So Barbara tells Detective Velasquez that he was abusive. And Donna says, well, did you ever call the police? And she says, no, I thought he would change. She says she documented the injuries with photographs, but she's not able to produce them to show Donna. Now, that does sound suspicious. Let's move on. But let's just keep going. We can't talk about photographs and evidence. It's too much. But I just did want to point out it's been 15 years. So 
it's not to me that weird that she didn't still have the photographs. Anyways, but yes, if this is feeling familiar to any of you right now, I understand. Katie really understands because she watched it. It's really too soon. It's really too soon for this. I didn't know because I didn't watch it. So I didn't pick this episode because of that. Apologies. I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Your honor. Hearsay. So Barbara talks to Keith and her story is very different than what she told Donna. It's not that she thought David was being abusive towards their son. It was her father who thought he was being abusive and accused him of this. She never really thought that he did this. And so he already story, hated him. And the dad hated him from the get-go, before the son was even born. Because he had long so, hippie hair. Because he had long... I'm just guessing that that was why he hated him. So now no one can ask the dad about this because Barbara's dad, Harry, has been dead for years at this point. Because oh remember... Boy. It's been 15 years. But Donna's not giving up. If you thought Donna was giving up, you have not been listening to this story. Because Donna has a new lead to follow from Barbara. Remember when I said Barbara's just saying a lot of things right now? She tells Donna, David was delivering Coca-Cola at the time. He would drive around in a truck and deliver it to places. And someone was placing drugs on his Coca-Cola truck. And throughout his route slash route, They were being taken off the truck. And I feel like this is one of those things that I'm going to say, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's not real. And I'm going to hear from listeners. Actually, there was a story where that happened. So I'm hesitant to say that that story sounds quite implausible. This story sounds implausible in this scenario. I could see where that might have been a story where Frankie Tortellini rode in his Coca-Cola <laughs> truck from here to yeah. there. Oh, sorry. Was uh-huh. it Toledo? Okay, sorry. So, yeah. Frankie Toledo rode from here to there in his Coca-Cola truck and mm-hmm. Pepsi-Cola delivering the Pepsi. And uh-huh. then somebody put drugs in my van, Your Honor. Like, it, <laughs> I can see where this could be a story. Right. That Just, happened one time that she read well, about no, in a see, paper and she took yeah, it as her she own. She makes it sound it's a regular thing that there is some coordinated drug dealer. Uh, okay, that's how they're that's how they're that's, transporting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So someone so, puts it on the truck, maybe unbeknownst to David, and as he goes to each drop off spot to drop off the Coca Cola, someone at each location is involved in the scheme, sneaks onto the truck in the secret compartment or whatever, takes the drugs out. And maybe David knows about this and maybe David doesn't know about this. So the Coke in the Coke truck. Exactly. It's a literal Coke delivery. Coke truck, Um, yeah. So somebody was dealing drugs. We just don't know who or if they actually if this actually was happening cool what do you think do you think it was i don't do you think that she is telling a part truth here or a no truth here because part of me thinks that somebody was messing in drugs Mm -hmm. and she's mushing it into this thing because maybe she's Mm. worried she's about to get in trouble and so it's going into something else or it's just completely made up that's interesting i didn't i thought it was completely made up but that's interesting that might be it might be a partial truth I don't know. I feel like it's made up. The only like, because of something that happens later. I feel like she's trying to get all suspicion off of her. 
And by and saying he's a really he ha- bad liar, he had all these other enemies because he was kind of involved in this Coke, Coke slash Coke on the Coke thing. truck. Boy, yeah, that's just so really it's she really tells dumb. Donna this story. Now, Donna thinks she's full of poop. Donna's so doing she- the slow blink smile. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. so Donna says to her, Wow, that's pretty serious. And Barbara says, Yeah, and then Keith says to Donna, interesting. And Donna says to Keith, very. It's so, so it's Keith all said in those it. words. Donna yeah. doesn't say Nobody's it. And it, they're it. not at all saying that they don't buy it. They're not, you wouldn't be able to tell by just reading what they said. But those are their intonations. They don't buy it. So now Barbara, Donna's very suspicious of Barbara, but Barbara had an alibi. She was in Arizona at the time of the murder. Or missing, whatever, when he went missing. So Donna, she's not giving up. She wants to talk to Barbara's ex-husband, Michael Wolf, the one that was her dad's age and friend. Michael has now been married seven times. So apparently Barbara was number five. He's on number seven. Tom Randolph. Tom Randolph. I love when this whole till death do us part thing is just a suggestion. It's like I just don't know why you get married. Just don't just do that don't part of it. Yeah. Just date do you really women. Think each one is the one, or is it for tax purposes or I, money? It's got to be that number two. It has to be for that. Yeah. <laughs> so she t- wants to talk to David Wolf, but first she talks to his exes. She finds oh number six. Number six is Nancy in Alabama. Donna calls Nancy. And Donna says, hi, Miss Nancy. I just imagine she said Miss Nancy. Miss Nancy, I'm investigating the death of David Jackson. And Nancy says, how much evidence do you have against him? Meaning her ex-husband, Michael Wolf. Oh, my gosh. That's her response. How much evidence do you have against him? And Donna says, I can't discuss evidence with you, but I can tell you it's enough to put him away right now. But she's totally bluffing. She has zero evidence against Michael. She says, I was just fishing that long line. And if something bites, I'm reeling it in. She, again, there is, she has no accent. So if you go to this episode expecting an accent. You're not going to hear one. You're not going to hear one. And then Nancy says to her, honey, again, honey, second person in the episode to call Donna honey. Because she feel like she calls people honey or hun. And she exudes that sort of energy. So Barbara says, I can't tell you, but it's enough to put him away right now. And Uh Nancy pauses and says, honey, let me call you back. Very dramatic. And so Nancy calls back and she spills all the tea, giant amounts of tea, how they did it, everything. And Keith says, they? Oh, yes, they. And by the way... Beware the sting of an ex-wife's tail. And now Katie's going to take over. Don't turn off. Even though last week you heard me do this again. Just let it be. Kimberly's busy. This had to happen. Being so so generous by helping me out with my This is just going to be a lot faster. So here we go. Okay. Nancy's story. So we get this grainy interview footage as Nancy sits down with Detective Velasquez and someone else. And Nancy says, what happened was 
Michael Wolf was a drinker, as in almost an entire bottle of scotch every night drinker. So it's a very nice way of saying he's a <laughs> insert word here. Yes. But he also liked to talk when he drank. So he's got a little chatty. And here's what had happened. What happened? Harry's, Barbara's father, and Michael rented a hotel room at a Motel 6. They keep showing a Motel 6. They don't tell us it's a Motel 6. I'm going to assume it's a Motel 6. And invited David to come and see them in the motel, which is weird. That's a weird thing, seeing now you've told me that he lives in Florida. The dad lives and Harry lives in Florida. Barbara's dad. It's not. Well, no, it's not weird because Harry, they, Harry and David both lived in Florida. But Michael didn't live in Florida. Michael lived in Arizona. It's weird. It's It's weirder because David knows these two men do not like him. I was just going to get there. Yeah, that's, that's the why other it's weird, weird part. So yeah. it's weird that they'd be in a hotel. Why are they in a hotel? Yes. Also, why oh, are I they inviting... Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Why would they be in a hotel when Harry has a house there? Yes. I see what you're saying. Yes. And why would they be inviting him to said hotel room? Right. The first thing I would think is, well, he doesn't want to get fl- blood on his wood floor. Right. That, that I would assume they were going to kill me. But yeah. we don't find any of this out sort of till later. So... What Nancy says that Michael had told her was David showed up at the hotel room. They have a very short conversation and Michael shoots David in the back of the head, but he doesn't die right away. So he has to shoot him again. And he told Nancy he had to get really drunk to kill him. That doesn't make a lot of sense because I I think you'd probably end up hurting yourself before you would be able to shoot someone else. Statistically, Yes. It's not great. So Nancy then says that Harry, the dad, and Michael, they drive David's car to the airport. They leave that car at the airport and then bury the body in a vacant lot near the airport and they poured lye on it. I'm thinking they poured lye before the body was buried, but that's not the way the story is told. So it's interesting. I think they poured it in the hole because where else would they do it? In the hotel room bathtub? No, they did it. Yeah, that's what happened. And I guess that that was something that had been seen on the bones. We didn't hear about that. But were the bones have some sort of deterioration on them in the way of a chemical? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember that part. Okay. And Nancy says that basically they wanted David out of the picture because of the sun. That's why all of this was done. And Donna has her light bulb moment of oh, this is all about child custody. This is just like every ID network show. And many datelines. It's on our bingo cards. That's how many times child custody results in murder. Yeah, but then it also obviously is going to lead her down the path of there's someone else involved, but we'll get there. So Keith says, but was this a true story Nancy heard or just alcohol-fueled bravado? Good question, Keith. There's no way to know for sure. But it was enough to get an arrest warrant for Michael Wolf, And so finally, somebody's being put in jail for this many, many, many years later. Keith says that Michael was cooling his very sober heels in jail. And I thought that was funny. But he was proclaiming his innocence loudly and wrote a letter to the local police basically saying, I'm innocent. Here's why. He says in the letter that he had had a conversation with Barbara's father, Harry, and at one point, In their conversation, he had pointed out to Harry a good spot to bury a body. They were kind of outside, and 
Michael says, he said, oh, if you want to get rid of a body, that's where you should do it. But this is literally all he knows, is that he had yeah. had that conversation with Harry. Right. I don't know nothing, if Harry it's actually It's not that Harry him. actually yeah. did it, but there's a body that showed up there. And we're also getting the letter read to us by a local reporter who we will see a few more times. I didn't catch this gentleman's name. I don't know why he's here. We have we, Donna. Yeah, a lot of times we don't know why the local reporters are there. Yeah. But, but good for seems, them. They're on TV. He seems nice enough. Yeah. Yeah. But Harry had also, like you said, passed on by this time. So this is probably the perfect person to pin the crime on is Harry, who's no longer with us. I mean, Michael's doing the smart thing. Dead men tell no tales. That's what Keith says. says. So Donna isn't falling for any of this. She flies out to Ohio to pick up Michael Wolf, where he apparently used some crude language. And she says very coy. She says this very, she's very coy to Keith. You can do this if you want. This is sort of your jam. So He said some pretty harsh words. It's not very ladylike if I say it, though. And <laughs> Keith says, you can say it. And before he even finishes his sentence, he's just like, you can say it. And she doesn't need prompting. She's like, mm-hmm. he said I'm effed. But she doesn't say F. She says the actual. So fast. And it's so funny. It's not very ladylike. He said I'm effed. Yeah, it's it's really so great. Ugh. I don't know why we needed to know. I guess it's just lots of people I say think. that. It's just delightful to hear her say it. It was yeah. funny. That was yeah. cute. So now it's time for the trial. There's clearly no physical evidence, but they do have the ex-wife's confession, Nancy. And Nancy. not only that, we get another ex-wife's confession. One other wife comes forward. And this ex has pretty much the same story. We do find out they're a little different, but the gist of it is the same, that Michael had confessed to killing David. It's incredible. This is wife number four. I feel like this is like Mambo number five or something. It's like a little bit of number four telling on me. Number seven is also going to finger me. Don't do murder because number three will tell on you every time. How many wives does he have that he has spilled all of this to? Well, what I don't understand if she's number five. How does number four know about it? Well, that's, I think five. they must have stayed friends after, and he told number four about what he did to number five's ex-husband. That's a little surprising to me. It's very surprising, but she knows all the details. You know, she knows things she shouldn't know, and number her story four- matches number six. The problem with ex-wives is, though, what Keith was saying about the sting, number four makes me the most nervous because he could have left her for number five, who's Barbara. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. That that makes me worried about her mm-hmm. story. But I don't know. But she didn't come forward with this. Donna sought out these wives to ask them. So it wasn't like she was trying to get him arrested. Do you see what I'm saying? Are we told that? I didn't remember being told that she had found the other wife, too. I thought it was that the other one had come forward. Oh, maybe. But I might only, be wrong, only when he's already arrested, right? She's not. This is. They were probably yeah, but married. He's not convicted. They yet. were probably married 20 years before. And this is like, why does she have revenge on him 20 years later? Because he left her for Barbara. But why wouldn't she do something 20 years ago then? Because this is, I mean, you're going to do something, do it big. Now he could get put away for murder. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Do you see what I'm saying? Where if you were a good defense attorney, you might be able yeah. to 
sway this a little because yeah. there's no physical evidence. Right. You're going up against two burned ex-wives, they could say. Right. Their word only. So I don't know. Doesn't really matter. He's found guilty and gets life in prison. And at the sentencing, David's mom and brother confront Michael. They still have a lot of questions, though. So they want to confront him, but they also really more than anything want him to talk. The mom wants to know, look, David wasn't dumb. I want to know why he went to the Motel 6 that night. Mm. So the exact question that we had, why did he even go to meet either of these men, both of whom hated Mm. him? Why would he go? Brother Mark confronts the DA outside of the courthouse and says, look, if you talk to him and get him to tell the story, tell what happened that night, I feel like he's going to talk to you. And the DA says, he's never going to talk. He's not going to tell the story. And it's so sweet. Mark has tears in his eyes and just is like, I no, I saw it. I saw it in his eyes. He's going to talk. Mark, this is the second time that Mark has had this intuition because he knew something was wrong when David didn't show up from the airport. I think Mark is better than the Long Island media. He has deep instincts. He's not better than Teresa Caputo, though. She might be litigious. She's the best. I love Teresa. (laughs) No, I do. I'm just kidding. I do. I used to watch her show. Mark also has this weird resemblance to Ben Affleck that I couldn't get over. Oh, interesting. I got to go back and look. I don't know. But maybe I'm confused on what Ben Affleck looks like. It's fine. (laughs) So um, here we go. Mark is right. Two days later, we get the full story from Michael Wolf on what actually happened the night of the murder. Now, in this story that Michael Wolf tells, he says, yes, I am the trigger man. Yes, father-in-law Harry wanted David dead. But in order to get David to the hotel room, they needed some kind of bait. Can you guess who the bait was? It was a squirmy worm. And speaking of worms... Aren't there some worm friends in your game, Best Fiends? There are. Oh, my gosh. They're cute, though, right? They're not this kind of bait. They're no, like they're, cute bait. They're adorbs. So I've been Click crazy. Bait. <laughs> <laughs> I have been crazy, crazy busy and stressed these past two weeks. My brother's wedding is this month. I've got two and a half jobs that this is crunch time and a million commitments, appointments. I am now the chauffeur for my neighbor because her car is totaled. It's a whole thing. I have a lot. But- I'm trying to prioritize what is really important in life. Killing slugs using adorable cartoon bugs. No, having fun. You don't have to put off having fun until you deserve it. Till your to-do list is done. Do it now. Do it every day. For me, I relax and I have fun with Best Fiends. It's basically part of establishing good mental health for me. It is a free-to-download puzzle game that I am obsessed with. I'm on level... 3,738, which is only 200 levels higher than the last time we talked about it, which I'm not super proud of, but I've just been so busy. But that's what's great about Best Fiends. You can play it obsessively when you're not busy and casually when you are. So if you have five minutes to kill in the doctor's waiting room, play a level Best Fiends. You're waiting for the water to boil, play a level. Get some worm action going on. The good kind of worms. Cute ones. (laughs) Work that rush of joy you get from beating a hard level into every day. 
It is such a good feeling. And there are constantly new characters to collect, new events and challenges. You'll never run out or get bored. Go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. And make sure you let me know your player name so we can be friends, fiend friends. Thank you. Because you can give each other little gifts in the game. The best part is when you've run out of energy and you can't keep playing anymore. And then you get some energy gifts from fellow A Date with Dateline listeners. Yes. And you can keep on playing. It's so joyous. Plus, you can earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. I know you guys can do it. You could totally reach level 5. I'm on level 3,000. You could do it. Wow. Try Best Fiends. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. You're my best fiends. Thank you, best fiends. Thank you. And something else that's fiendishly good is fashion. (laughs) And even more fiendishly good than that is fashion by Faraday. See? (laughs) See what I did there? Yep. Summer can be a hard time of year to dress because you want to be comfortable. You also want to look cute, but it's just sort of hot and sticky. So it's really hard to feel like you look cute when you've got sweat dripping. Yes. If you're looking for stuff to look cute and feel cool, Faraday is the brand for you. Faraday is a family-run brand that makes high-quality, timeless clothing with a modern design and the other F, functionality it's that Mm. kind of effortless style you want every time you go digging in your closet for all of us we have those days where you go and you're just pushing the things on hangers why did i buy this why did i buy that i hate everything exactly faraday's the brand that you're like that's exactly why i bought that for this day they have the sort of effortless feeling clothing that feels like you've also had it for years. So it's the idea of getting something new, but something that looks like it's that kind of great looking vintage that just fits yeah. like a glove. It's great. And Faraday is so confident in the quality of the, their clothes that they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They'll replace wow. or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. <gasps> That's incredible. Talk about making it easier to get dressed. I bought my mom this amazing dream gauze shirt they have a couple in the collection of dream gauze material and i would highly recommend it it's loose fitting clothing that's cut just right so it doesn't look like it's ill-fitting but it's Mm. really cool in the summer and the fabric Mm. is so soft so check out their dream gauze yeah breezy it's exactly right and right now faraday is giving all a date with dateline listeners 20 percent off summer sale functionality Fashion, yes. Faraday. Get thee to Faraday.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout to snag 20% off all your spring staples. That's code date dateline at Faraday, F A H E R T Y brand.com slash date dateline for 20% off. Faraday brand.com slash date dateline. Ooh, fashion, Faraday. <gasps> Thank you, Faraday. <laughs> Turn to the front, turn to the fairy. Fashion. So, our squirmy worm, if you didn't guess, is Barbara. Barbara, David's first love. Barbara was apparently the bait that David and Harry decided to use to lure David to the hotel room. She calls him, and he is under the impression that he is meeting just Barbara at this Motel 6 in Florida. Now the local reporter is back and he tells us that we know this happened because David's roommate at the time backed up this story. David takes a phone call the night that he goes to the hotel 
from a lady. A lady called. He was pretty sure it was a lady because he comes out of his room a little bit later, all fixed up, hair fixed up, duds on, spraying his, this is a quote, Dracar Noir. (laughs) That's on my bingo card. (laughs) Dracar Noir is on my personal bingo. (laughs) And then he takes off to meet Barbara. Oh, I was so excited that he was spraying Dracar Noir. So Michael's telling now, and when he's telling what actually happened that night, he says, David gets there. Barbara is actually in the room. So it's not just a phone call to lure him there. Barbara is there in the hotel room. She sort of leads David over to the bed. And then somehow at this point, she's got a stun gun somewhere on her person, stuns David. And Michael, who'd been hiding in the bathroom, comes out with a gun wrapped in a towel and shoots him while he's stunned already. Now, at this point in the story... Harry comes in the room. I don't know if Harry was in the bathroom, if the dad is also in the bathroom, or because I don't know if you've seen a Motel 6 room. They're very small. It's There's not a lot of places to go. You're in the bathroom. I think that Michael and Harry are hiding in the bathroom at this point. They don't. Or maybe Michael's in the bathroom, Harry's in the closet. So Michael's telling this story and doesn't say any of that. (laughs) Right, we don't get details. At least on Dateline, we don't get those details. Unfortunately, we do not get any details. It's a little disjointed, this story is. All we know is Harry comes into the room and says, hey, he's not dead yet. You need to shoot him again. And so they shoot him again. They load the body into the back of Harry's old VW, which is the, I've never seen a VW like this. So it's not a beetle. It's not anything that you've seen. It's like a weird little sort of, van truck it's boxy Mm -hmm. i don't know how to describe it it looks closer to like a pt cruiser to me so they load him in and drive to the vacant lot where there's already a pre-dug grave put him in the grave wash their hands of it they're done they don't say he doesn't say if barbara goes with them to the grave i'm assuming they're all doing all of this together the three of them michael also says that harry called him a year after the murder and says hey by the way they're building a walmart where the bones are, you need to get back here. Now, why Harry can't go and get the bones himself, because Harry actually lives in Florida, is kind of beyond me. I think Michael's basically just trying to... I think Michael's... Get approval from his father-in-law. Regardless, he has to fly back, move the bones. He collects all the bones he can find where they buried the body, goes... This does this all in the middle of the night, goes back to... Harry's house puts all the bones in plastic bags and throws them away in the trash. So that's why apparently we're only getting a few bones Mm -hmm. in the grave. So the clincher Donna thinks to this whole story, Donna is buying every word. She's like, this is what I thought happened. I knew Barbara was involved. And the reason she thought Barbara was involved is that when she had called Barbara and told her that some bones had been found that they were trying to match to David. Barbara's response was, how many bones? Which is a weird question. That's very... That's very strange. That's a very strange question. Yeah. Yeah. So she thinks she went with Michael, right? To take the bones in the middle of the night. She doesn't say that? I can't tell. I was thinking that too. I don't know. All, whoever she got just the bones, knew about the bones was the yeah, more important thing. They need to redo bi- biology class if they thought they got all those bones. You gotta like. He's li- a heavy drinker. Up. 
Michael Look up is. in an encyclopedia at the time how many bones are in the human body, and then don't leave till you have that many bones. They only got like half of them. They no, weren't I even think, close. How many bones did they get, actually? She said they left at like they got only half of them. That's and really bad. I think bad. they only found when we see this like chart of a human body and they're mm-hmm. highlighted which bones, mm-hmm. it's one side of a hip bone, some fingers from one hand one leg bone it's not it's not a lot it's not good it's not good just do a more detailed job people no he's not doing that check your work no so barbara is crying again with keith really crying crying and she says Mm -hmm. she has no part in the murder and michael is psychotic for the things that he's saying and the thing is she really is looking like she believes this yeah, it's she's crying for real tears. Real lots tears. Of tears. And yeah. very much is saying, like, Michael is crazy and he's doing this to me. And Keith is giving her the most skeptical it's the funniest. chin on hand. It's sort of folding his body grab. up in the full, most skeptical, sort of half smile, <laughs> just staring, just letting her cry, watching and just thinking. <laughs> but it's the Keith it's, thinker pose, is yeah, what it is. Yeah skeptical Keith yeah it's it's like a Bill Hader impression of Keith it is so classic Keith it's beautiful and so she also says that she has some she has an idea that her dad had something to do with this there was as Keith said a penny drop moment but she doesn't really describe a penny drop moment what she more describes is that when she would talk to her dad about she's sort of you know waxing poetic about I wonder where David is I wonder what David's doing and her dad would say, well, you don't have to worry about him anymore. He's not around to bother you. Mm -hmm. And that's not really, and, you know, I guess it is, but I don't know. She doesn't really admit to a penny drop moment. Let's just put it that way. But she also did not want to think that her dad had anything to do with it because, as she says, you know, it's my dad. Well, your dad maybe had someone killed. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about it. Your dad also accused David of abusing your son. Your dad may have Falsely. planted co- cocaine on his coke truck. And <laughs> the dad was 100% involved in the coke. 100% yes. involved in that. To get her to marry his friend, his buddy, Michael Wolf. So Yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks to Michael Wolf's full jailhouse confession, though, Barbara Britton is arrested. And she thinks she knows why Michael is doing this to her. He's getting back at her for, you guessed it, running guns across the border in the 80s and 90s of course <laughs> of course tail as old as time it's running the guns now it's dr- gun running how are the drugs always involved because it's the 80s it's not he's not running drugs he's running guns oh right guns yes yeah, it's guns yeah. this time she switched yeah. up the story so this is yeah, why she, i believe and it the was first a, story. a pepsi truck it was a sprite truck and guns instead of a coke truck and coke so he has, I know. Mountain he, Dew. It was a Mountain Dew truck. There we go. Do Let's be real. Mountain Dew. He, it's a gun. This is why that first story isn't real. Because this story comes right now. It's Right, right. In the words of Keith, what the flying F. Yeah. What's wrong with you? So she tells us one day during their marriage, as she's doing laundry, she feels a bulge in one of Michael Wolf's shirt pockets. And there's all this <laughs> money. So he comes home from work later that night and she asks him, what is all this money? And he admits that he is doing gun runs to Haiti. (laughs) To Haiti. 
From Arizona? What's happening? From Arizona? Yeah. That I... mm. She's really bad at this. Her stories are way too big. Yeah, they are. No, you're right. You have to make them smaller to be more believable. It's really bad. Yeah. And he, Michael Wolf, is now mad at her because she told the police this story. Why would she tell the police that? And did she is there any record of that? Is there any record that Michael was investigated for running drugs and his wife turned him in? I think this is she just told the police when he got arrested. So when this all came back up, when they found the bones, that's oh, when she told the police. So oh. he's mad that she told the police about he's something recently that he mad. did in, in the late 80s. Okay. Yes. Now he's But mad. he's not going to be charged with this. They, he's already been arrested, charged with murder. He's going to you're, jail for murder. He's not going to, they're not. You're missing the point. It's about loyalty. It's he's just mad about he's just mad. Her, her spilling the secret. So he made up a story that she was involved. Now, interestingly enough, to both of his wives, four and seven, he never included her in the story, right? Four and six. Sorry, four and six. He never included okay. her in the four this story, is right? Interesting. This gets a little confusing. Good questions, Kimberly. I had the same question. I like it when we have the same questions because it means I'm as smart as you. So Here's and you had much better grades than me, so I constantly have to prove myself. Here we go. Thank you. The answer is I don't know. <laughs> I think he didn't mention Barbara. We don't find that out, but we do have something later that leads me to in a minute that leads me to believe that he did. Let me get through this. I'll tell you right now. Okay, we meet Keith Setzler. Sorry, Keith Seltzer. Keith Seltzer is it's Barbara's defense attorney. He has a. When an office with windows, that's all we need to know. He doesn't think that this gun running story is going to work. So he's not going to go with that at trial. He's got a much better reason why Michael is telling this story that Barbara was super involved in the planning of killing David. He said, Michael Wolf was offered a 15 year sentence as part of a plea deal before his trial. Now, just after his trial, he was being offered a similar deal to testify against whoever his accomplices were. It's what they wanted before trial, and they still want it after. So they're willing to do a sentence reduction after. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's a thing in murder. He was charged with first-degree murder. Right, and he was given life life in prison, right? Yeah. I just don't see that happening a lot for someone who actually pulled the trigger. Maybe if he was somebody in the room, maybe. Donna really wants to get Barbara. And if she, if her colleagues share that opinion yeah. that they really want to get Barbara. Correct. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. So that's why the, the defense attorney thinks that Michael Wolf has come forward with this story. And also, apparently, Barbara actually had been part of the stories he told his ex wife. Oh, okay. Okay. So the stories didn't match. That's what the problem was. They were like incongruent, but they had mentioned this is what he says. That Barbara was basically some sort of black widow and was intent on having David killed. He had told the two wives that. We don't know if he told the two wives about her sitting on the bed with the stun gun. That's the part we don't know Or making the phone call. He talked very bad about Barbara, but we don't know about anything in the actual crime. Which I'm thinking no, Mm because we heard Nancy talk about it and at no point was Barbara in the room. 
But we're only seeing the tiniest clip of Nancy. I think it's much more logical that Barbara called him and said, I'm at this motel, come meet me here, rather than her actually being in the room. Right. That's what I think. Does that make sense? It totally does. Okay, because there's no call Um, checking at that point in the 80s. She could just call from her own number. He wouldn't know she's calling from Arizona. Right. I don't know. Okay. So also the attorney says that Barbara was home. Barbara has an alibi for the night of the murder. She was home in Arizona, and there are phone records to prove it. There's a phone bill from the exact night of the murder showing a call from Barbara's mother to Barbara's house, and I guess she picked up. And Keith and... Keith and her sort of go back and forth about, do you have an answering service? Do, no. Like, he goes back and forth with the attorney on, could it have been anything other than Barbara being home? And the end result also, is Barbara needed to, Barbara had to be home for it to happen. He also brings up what we're all thinking, which is, who still has phone records from 1988? He does. And apparently what happened was... The dad, Harry, was a meticulous record keeper, which gives me very bad vibes about Harry, if I didn't already. Now I'm very concerned. Yeah. Regardless, as trial prep continues, I meet my new best friend, Lainey Bandell. She's the new prosecutor on the case, and I found her very delightful and very smart. So I'm just kidding. I'm not replacing you, but I'm worried you're going to replace me with Donna. So Lainey's going to have to be my... Oh, Lainey's going to have to be my new friend. So... Laney, the new prosecutor, says a new piece of evidence comes up as they're prepping. A well-known jailhouse snitch comes forward and says that Michael told him he made it all up about Barbara's involvement. This whole story he told a few days after the trial is untrue. So apparently that is enough to get Barbara released on house arrest. And the new prosecutor goes straight away to talk to Michael Wolf to find out what's going on and to see if he's going to testify against her to get that all lined up. But during the interview she has with Michael, she hears the one thing that she didn't want to hear. After she says, will you testify about Barbara's involvement? He says, well, what do I get in return? What will my sentence be reduced to? I mean, that's bad. Basically, she's very smart, this prosecutor. She says the case is built on this story. It's built on believing Michael Wolf, And if the jury finds out that he just wants something in return. It's very, very bad. They don't have physical evidence. They don't have any other evidence other than what Michael Wolf is telling us. And he's already lied before. His original story was he just told Harry where he could bury a body. And then he afterwards gets life sentence. Then he's like, wait, wait, I'll tell you about an accomplice. 100%. It's bad. But the snitch is apparently well known to lie. The snitch who said that Michael is lying is well known to say that is well known to lie. They told us that. So who's who it's a believe? game of who's lying. But also for yeah. if I was a prosecutor, I wouldn't want to deal with any of this nonsense. This would yeah. be a lot. Because again, at the end yeah. of the day, you just have people talking. You don't have any yeah. kind There's of no facts. No facts. Yeah. So Keith says to the prosecutor, the people who built this case know deep in their guts, and he's got this very fist double fist gesture. It's very serious. They know deep in their guts, and they're sure that she is at the center of it. Do you think that that's true? He's asking the prosecutor her opinion, and she gives the smartest answer she can give, which is what I think as a person and what I think as a prosecutor are two very different things. And she's completely right. She believes that Barbara is involved, but she cannot prove it as a case. And so therefore, Mm -hmm. they're going to make an offer. Oof. 
Barbara gets two more years of house arrest and eight years of probation. Absolutely no jail time. But she does have to plead guilty to accessory after the fact to take this deal. And while she didn't have to go to jail, she's pretty upset because she is going to be considered a felon. It is a title she will carry forever. Yeah, that makes it hard to get a job, rent a place, buy a house, anything. David is dead. So that also really sucks. Also, where's your son? Mm -hmm. Yeah, where are the children? I mean, they're probably... John's old. They're probably, yeah, older by now. Yeah. Yeah. But Donna comes to the sentencing hearing for Barbara with David's family. And David's mother, Judy, reads an impact statement that is very good and very intense. She says, because of you, I cried endlessly for 24 years. I wanted to die myself so I could be with him. And she's reading it to Barbara, looking directly at her while Barbara's just staring straight ahead of her. So she's basically reading Mm -hmm. it to Barbara's profile, but they've got to be two feet away from each other. It's so impactful. Then she continues to read the statement in her Keith interview, and it's pretty great. And she says, Michael is where he should be in prison, and your father is where he should be, and you will be joining him one day, because that's where you should also be. In hell! (laughs) It's so good! It's great. Go Judy. So good. David's brother Mark also thinks that there should have been a trial and let just let God sort it out. He's not sure that justice is served. But Mom Judy. Mom Judy says, when I get out of bed in the morning, one leg says guilty, one leg says felon. And that's what keeps her going is knowing yeah. Barbara, you're a felon. And then Donna kind of mirrors what she says and says, when I go to bed at night, I know she's a felon. And that is enough. That makes me happy because she was really upset she didn't get jail time. Yeah. Donna wanted her to get put Donna away. worked really hard to try to get her jail time. She for did. For a long time, for many years. And now I don't know if Keith 100% is on board with Donna's theory. And I'm not 100% on board with Donna's theory, to be perfectly honest with you. I think that the, I don't think that she was there. I think that was a lie. I don't think that she was in the room, but I do think... You think she, she did the phone call? I think there's a chance she did the phone call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the lies are weird. The lies are weird. And once you lie about that, are you lying... What else are you lying about? What she said about the bones makes me think she knew about the bones after the fact. I think she, she did at least know after the fact. But she's doing so much crying to Keith saying, I just knew he was going to come back. I knew he wasn't dead. And she's really crying. So she's very good if she already knew he was dead. And she's, I don't know. I think okay. a lot of things make you cry, though. I think guilt makes you That's cry 100%. as well. That's 100%. Guilt. When you're so exactly guilt is making so her cry. So she could be channeling at Whatever it. part she played in it. Now, Keith makes an interesting point to Donna. He says, is there any chance Michael and Harry, Barbara's dad, kind of forced her to participate? And Donna says, you don't have to force a willing participant because she just really has it out for Barbara. But I don't know. Barbara was maybe being controlled by these two much older men. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to think. I'm curious to hear what people think. Yeah, me too. I know that the stories about the drugs and the guns aren't true. So why would she Mm -hmm. make up those stories? But some of it did ring true. Well, she could have made up the story about the coke to get suspicions off of her, Michael, and her dad, because at that point she knew they were involved. Because I do, I feel like she found out later. Yeah, I feel like Um, she knew. Or she knew ahead of time. 
and didn't do anything to stop it. And then she lies about the drugs to the guns to Haiti because she needs a reason why Michael would make up that story about her. It's a weird thing to make up. She also, remember, made up the fact that he was abusing John. Right. Well, she makes it up to Donna and then to Keith. She says, no, well, it was my dad that was saying right. that. I didn't think he did and that. And she lied pretty seamlessly there. So we could just be looking yeah, at no. a very good liar. Mm-hmm. That, that could now, be Michael has a reason to lie to his ex-wives by saying it was mostly Barbara's idea because he thinks maybe it makes him look less guilty in it. If Barbara was this black widow pushing him to do this. Yeah. That's one of the reasons he could have lied when he told his ex-wife that story. It's very interesting. I don't know. I would love to hear the full interviews with the ex-wives and see how much the stories differed because I think the truth is somewhere between the two stories. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. But I don't think Barbara was in the room. If I had to put money on it right now, I would say she was not in the room. Interesting. Mm-mm. I don't know what to think. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think so. I think that the phone call was enough to get him there. But I don't. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think he would have gone unless somehow she was involved. And I believe the roommate that you would remember that the last time you saw your roommate mm-hmm. and he went missing. He got a phone call. And I believe he would remember said that he heard a female's voice on the phone. I think he heard it or he answered and, so, or, and someone said, is David there? And it was a woman or he heard. You can kind of hear the other part of someone's call. You can hear if it's a man or a woman them speaking. Yeah, you can. Generally or a voice that sounds higher or lower. Yeah, I think you might. You would be able to know that. I don't think David would go to meet with I don't think he would at all. I don't think there's anything they could have said besides we're here with John. They could have used the child. But again, if the roommate kind of remembers hearing a woman's voice, it it could have been that. Yeah. That seems right to me. I would love to see the rest of the phone records from that night. Did she call? Did she call him? Did her phone? Well, she doesn't have her phone records from Arizona. Yeah, they do. That's how they knew that she was home. No, you said Harry kept phone. Oh, records. that's so right. That it's was the Harry's, mom. It it's was her Harry's mom wife, calling. Her mom right. called, and it shows that the someone answered. But the if phone. we had had, so it could have been right. Barbara that answered. It could have been their answering machine that answered, but they said they didn't have an answering machine. If we had had her number, we would know. Right. Yeah. But no one keeps them from the eighties unless you're a psychopath like Harry. That's true. May he rest in peace. That's not great. This episode is dedicated first to a very, very special Patreon and artiste, Cameron. Cameron. Cam has made our lives so much more delightful in the past couple months by making these incredible, incredible, what would you call them? Artist renderings? Mini animations. They're fantastic. Yeah. Story animations. There's... They're so good. He's so talented. Go to our social media because I've been posting them. I've been posting them on TikTok. I've been, and he just made another one because I requested a chance for Kaylee because it's so many people's favorite moments of the podcast. And he outdid himself. I'm not even going to tell you what animal he turned me into. It's so funny. Oliver cheered up. So good. He was. I heard him cackling, (laughs) and he's going the animal, the animal of what it was, and he (laughs) he loved it so much. Thank you so much, Cam. They bring so much joy. Thank you, thank you. Really, you don't even know. Thank you. Everyone is just has them on a loop. Basically, this week has been that 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 moment over and over. It's again. very sweet. It is one of the lowest so points good. in my life, but that's fine. 
I love to have it. I love to have it <laughs> but animated. it brought people so much joy. The mocking. Yes, it did. No. <laughs> it's, you, he even included how you were so brave to keep going. With I said title. I was brave. I said it. And no one else said it. other people in the comments, yes, everybody else in the comments said, oh, I didn't even hear that. She was so brave to keep going with her amazing titles. <laughs> so bad. <gasps> but thank you. I'm joking. Thank you so much, Cam. It's just, you're very talented. I see big things in your future. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you've already made it. What if Cam is like Banksy? Cam, are you Banksy? We've accused multiple people of being Banksy <laughs> this week, but it might be yeah. you. It could definitely be you. We'll see how it goes. Thank you. Thank you, Cam. B-roll Bonanza. Yes. Motorcycle riding Bill Brown, Sorry. the friend from Burger King. And I'm crossing over a bit into Fashion Police. I believe he's wearing loafers, no socks, while he's on his motorcycle. I did not notice that. Then it's strange. It's strange. Is that normal footwear? No. no, I have to go back and look. I'm very curious about that. Interesting. Interesting choice, Bill. It feels unsafe, but I'm I trust you, Bill. Oh, sorry. Press on. It's not gonna show him. It just showed his top half. I missed. Maybe he pulled up to his dateline interview with that so he didn't want to change shoes. Possibly. Unsure. Unsure. Did you see the wedding cake of Barbara and David? No, I did not. I missed it. It was incredible. The craziest, 80s thing I've ever seen. Really? It's so ornate. So there's these white columns on the bottom, mm -hmm. and they support, there's a cake at the bottom, white columns that lead up to a second level, which is cake that you can cut, then more columns supporting a tiny level of cake on the top. So three tiers. That's not the crazy part. Level two has these arched bridges oh my gosh. that are white. Flying buttresses. And they lead, they lead to two more cakes supported by columns on each side. So there's like miniature versions of the cake on each side. And on these bridges are tiny little figurines of the wedding party. Oh, my God. And I'm assuming that on the very top of the third level would be David and Barbara. Because these ladies and men all are wearing matching bridesmaids, groomsmen outfits on the bridges of the cake. Oh, Harry spent a fortune on that cake. Yeah. You know uh -huh. he did. Wow. Mm -hmm. Anything for my yeah. little girl. Oh, boy. Yep. That's... Yep. Even though I hate that hippie boyfriend with the David Cassidy haircut. He's my grandson's dad. Until then, you yeah. maybe later have him killed. But Kill that's, him. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We do almost get a reenactment with Detective Velasquez, with Donna. At one point, she's literally going through the files, then going to this, then going to this. It's very close to a re reenactment of exactly mm -hmm. what she was doing in the case at the time. Mm -hmm. And maybe because yeah. this is an older dateline, we just don't see it that much where they're doing every single step. And it was, yeah. it seemed to be every single step. Googling, looking at the email. Do you know what I'm saying? Her B-roll mm -hmm. was very yeah. intense and extensive. She yeah. filmed B-roll for a good two days, I feel Absolutely. like. Absolutely, yeah. Judy, the mom, is looking through papers on the bed mm -hmm. with a tiny little dog. What dog was that? So he was cute. I, I liked him. Very cute. We get a luggage carousel at the airport. Mm -hmm. We get swamps and bridge, like tunnel, whatever those, what is it, what are they called? 
tubes, tunnels. What did I call them? I'm not sure. It was the things that Mark crawled through. Didn't we find out what that was called? A turret? No, not a turret. Oh, buttress? No, but I said buttress. Cavat? <laughs> I don't remember. We found Cur- out a curly. little bit while ago. Yeah, you're totally right. Cavern? Ca- Cavert? Cavert. Culvert. 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 That's the one. Culvert City. But the swamp footage, we only got one picture of like mud and leaves, and that was kind of the end. We didn't get extensive swamp B roll. I thought we were going to get more dialogue from Keith. He says, like, things rising up from the mud. But we only got that once, and that was pretty much I think it. it wasn't really a swamp. It was a lot. It was a vacant lot. Right. So I don't know. Where he was actually found, yeah. I don't know how swampy it actually was. Also, in Donna's office, or in her wherever, the police station, there's a gun on a wall, but it's not a real gun. It's like a cutout gun. I don't know mm. what it was. It was behind her in a lot of shots. I was like, oh, hmm. but it wasn't a gun. It was way too big to be a gun, a real gun. Hmm. It was strange. All right. That's all I had for B-roll. That's pretty much all I had. Fashion police? I had none. Just Donna. She's wearing this cute she's little short sleeve blazer, like a short sleeve, like jaunty TJ Maxx blazer. And she's got a mm-hmm. squared off French tip. And then this little, this tote bag, fresh tote bag. I bet, I bet Donna has 20 to 35 purses. She might oh, be yeah. a purse gal. Sure. I think she's a purse gal. I think you're absolutely right. And I think more yeah. than that, she is a purse shoe coordinating person. That's a very yes. specific kind of person. There's yes. just, I feel like there's two camps of people that carry purses. There is someone that carries the same purse all the time. And then yes. there hello. is a, hello, also. There is a person yeah. that then switches out, which is just far too much work for me. That's so much work. Even if you have those things that go inside other purses. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Those organizers. No, those nothing stays in those organizers. organizers. They make things that are like sleeves and pockets. It's like an insert. And you can switch out purses from purse to purse. No one's doing that. I've used them before, but it's still a lot of work. This seems like a lot of work. I don't have that many. I stick to a backpack right now because I am a child. Keith calls Barbara a Matahari. He says, so people just think you're this Matahari controlling. Yes, I meant to write that down. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a good reference that I learned a little about because I gave it a big. Oh, and what did you learn? Are you telling us or is it a secret? Oh, the Matahari was a Dutch exotic dancer. Oh, boy. And courtesan who was convicted of being a spy for Germany in World War I and she was murdered, I believe, in front of a firing squad. Mm. Yeah, she was like a double agent. Was she a spy? But she a was seductress. Indeed. Oh, boy. We, I don't know if there's conflicting, if like people aren't sure. Maybe she was demonized because she's a woman. I don't know the whole story. You're about she to know it. She was accused. I'm going to learn. People are going to tell me. All the historians. But she was double agent, possibly, executed for sure, and Oof. is known as a seductress. Sort of who, I'm sorry. Made men you said, do things. I'm sorry. You said Danish, right? Dutch. Dutch. Okay. I'm interested. I'm gonna see if I can find something. I've heard. I mean, I've heard her name. I just wasn't. I've sure. heard her name too. Well, that was her stage name, but I've heard that expression before. But I was like, I want to make sure I'm understanding it, and I was not understanding it that much. So right. <laughs> I'm glad I looked it up. Did you have any titles? Oh, Seven Brides for Michael Wolf. There we go. A wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like an ex-wife scorned. Ooh, that's good. 
Walmart marks the spot. Hey, that's good. I was trying to do something with Dracar Noir, but I couldn't get there. And then I have two that I really like. Yes. Dead Men Tell No Lies, because Keith says Dead Men Tell No Tales because Harry's dead, but they used lie, uh, L-Y-E. Oh, and that's good. Dead Men Tell No Lies. And then my other one that I'm proud of is Burger Killer Queen, because they met at Burger King. He was the manager. She was his queen. But she's also a killer queen. Oh, so like as in killer queen, killer, killer queen. Very good. I like it. You did good. Those are great. Thank you. I have one, and it's a song. Okay. Ba 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 Did you put out a hit, my ba ba Drug dealing and good running. Dealing in a running Barbarit, Rit, Rit, Barbarit. Who's Barbarit? Her name is Barbara Britton. Oh, okay. Fail. <laughs> if there was no, like I literally like... a fail thing, it would be right then. I'm going to do it over the top. <laughs> no, it's uh, good. I really like it. And I'm sorry I didn't get it. I forgot what her last name was. It's all right. I tried to say it at the no. end. It didn't play. <laughs> I love it. Barbara Britton. <laughs> That's great. Uh, also, it's a really old song. So three people will get that song. that know the Beach Boys. No, I think everyone knows the that Beach will Boys. Be, don't they? I don't know. I have quite, I don't know if they know him anymore. The second time we've mentioned the Beach Boys lately, too. Has it? Yeah, I mentioned it in our last episode. How weird. Oh, yeah, because somebody invited to a Beach Boys concert. Yeah. Yeah, in an imaginary scenario I made up. No. It was the radio star. No, she actually oh, no, right. did that. It was real. Yes, she actually, she actually did, it. did that. Yeah. And she was sad. You're, yep. Because he was gay. And I said, why wouldn't you want to go with your gay friend? To, to a Beach Boys, Beach Boys concert, concert or any concert. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Pride, everyone. Still Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Everyone, please follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter. And cats. And, oh, yeah. Cats of, of Dateline. Dateline. Please give. On Twitter. Say hello to Oliver. Will he ever go to Instagram as well or yeah, only Twitter? he definitely either? will. All of our cats have individual okay. Instagram pages that I made a long time ago with my niece, and I don't remember any of the passwords. So the, those are okay. long gone. <laughs> We're going to need a joint account for all of the cats. If now. you see Lu- Ulysses on the internet, it's because she does have a page somewhere. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere. It's fine. <laughs> but thank you, everyone. Be your own. Be your own Donna. Everybody wants yeah. to be Donna. Be your best Donna this week. What would Donna do? Yeah. WWDD. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Donna, call I almost us called Donna. her DD through the episode. Detective Donna. Oh, Dee Dee. I love DD. I feel That's like DD so is her cute. nickname. And I kept getting yeah. confused because I wrote literally Detective Velasquez every time for her name, and you kept calling her and Donna. And I only called and her I was Donna. Like, oh, no, oh, no. We should have coordinated. We should have coordinated. <laughs> we needed to coordinate our purses and shoes on this. <laughs> Would have been much better. <laughs> Bye, everybody. It's a lot of work. Bye, everybody. Of energy. I'm getting really depressed. I live in the South, and I've been called honey approximately twice, and one was Not very, one was to be rude. It was, <laughs> honey, you're a moron. <laughs> It was that because I was very confused at the market because I kept talking about the stupid plastic bags because I panicked because I didn't bring any bags with me for groceries and I don't 
you know, grocery shop a ton. It was a bad scene. And so I was sort of sweating because I didn't have any bags. I knew it was going to cost a fortune in bags. They don't charge for bags bags. here. How much do they charge? 10 cents? They don't charge at all. And I didn't know that. But what? How much did you think of fortune? Because if you had 10 bags, which would be a lot for Well, but then I was watching double bagging bagging happen and stuff. And I was more just like, oh, it's so many bags. I was worried about counting them to get it right how many bags I had used. And (laughs) she looked at me like I was insane. Right. And was like, honey, there's bags. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I, uh, I had like a short circuit, and I didn't understand that they don't charge for bags. It was a- yeah, they charge here for bags. That's I know they. Well, that's what I, they, Did charged they charge in, in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> not only do they charge, you get dirty looks in L.A. You get <laughs> dirty looks. You yeah, you better do. not. I carry and it out in my them. arms like this <laughs> because I never remember a bag. So it's always me with the arms, and I have to balance, can I get a two-liter? No, I can't, because I literally can't (laughs) carry it. The end. So, okay, back to Nancy. 